Welcome to Food for Thought, deep diving the issues surrounding the world of sports. I'm Evan Makovsky, along with my co-host, Bob Fesco. Bob is a legend, hosting for a decade now the AM show Fesco in the Morning at 610 in Kansas City. It is well overdue to give this man a national stage, and that's exactly what we're doing here. This podcast will take a look at the issues, which is the food surrounding the world of sports. We hope it makes you think. Each episode will focus on a specific piece of food as in an issue. Today's episode focuses on women breaking ground in the world of sports, especially when it comes to officiating. We will have Sarah Thomas coming up shortly as a guest. She is the first woman to referee a college football game, the first woman to referee full-time in the NFL, the first woman to officiate an NFL playoff game, and the first woman to officiate the Super Bowl this past year in Tampa. She's a trailblazer, groundbreaker in every sense of the word. Bob, I know you're excited about today's topic and welcome to the national stage. Well, it's good to be on the national stage, Evan. And yeah, I am excited about this. Number one, because I love the fact that we're going to be talking to a pioneer in, in the sports industry. And as a dad of two girls, it's awesome to see the opportunities that are presented to themselves. I have conversations with my kids all the time about, you know, what's what's in the future for sports for girls. My kids ask me all the time, why don't we ever watch women's sports on TV? How come they don't have women's sports on all the time? And I say, well, they're getting there and there's becoming more and more opportunities. And when you have two little girls, that are involved in softball and, and soccer the way that my kids are, they want to see those opportunities for women out there. And, and talking to Sarah Thomas today is going to be a blast because she has shown that you can have opportunity and it doesn't matter what gender you are, you can still operate at the highest level of officiating and she's able to do that with the NFL. So I think it's a cool story today. So are you encouraging either one of your two daughters to follow in the footsteps of Sarah Thomas and become an NFL official? Well, I don't think they've gone down that route yet. I think that kind of happens after they realize, you know what, I don't want to play anymore, but I still want to be involved in the game. For us back in the day, Evan, for for like us, we're like, oh, let's go into broadcasting. Let's talk about the sports. But for, for, for a girl's standpoint right now that loves to be on the field like my kids do, maybe officiating is some sort of option for them and some sort of, uh, you know, kind of path they can, they can travel down. They still need to learn the rules a little bit more before I push them that way. They're only 11 and 10 years old. So this episode obviously has some personal meaning to you as a dad of two girls. Well, it's taken a little while, but the NFL just hired the first female black official for the upcoming season in Maya Chaka and the second full-time NFL official to Sarah Thomas. That's what Maya will be. It seems like there would have been more movement and more women now as Thomas was hired by the NFL in 2015. And it is six years later, but at least the needle is moving. Well, it is. And, and, and that's the good thing. I mean, we're seeing a lot of progress in this area. I mean, obviously we'll talk about the NBA here in a second, but they were on the forefront of this for, for many years. And I think the NBA has been a great place to kind of look at the way that they embrace, you know, looking at ways of doing things differently by having female officials, female assistant coaches are coming into the NBA. We're seeing female assistants now, you know, in the NFL at a full-time basis. And, and so that's really, really cool to see kind of the gender walls being broken down and we're actually truly hiring the best people for the job, not necessarily just the best male for the job. And we're not, you know, defining football coaches or referees or in basketball anymore as male versus female. It's all encompassing. And I think that is so spectacular moving forward. This is food for thought. 
I'm Evan Makovsky, along with Bob Fesco. In this episode, we're discussing women breaking ground in the world of sports. You mentioned the NBA. It seems to be the most progressive league in this category. In 2014-15 season, Lauren Holtkamp-Sterling became the first female official. There are now a total of five women NBA referees, an all-time league high, 24 of the G League's 57 referees are women and some of them jump between the NBA and the G League. 15 of the WNBA's 33 referees are women. Nine also work in the G League, which is the NBA's minor league, to be clear. So the NBA seems to be the leader in this category, as you mentioned. Well, and, and they're giving, you know, women the opportunity to do it in the G League and to kind of work their way up, much like we, you know, we're going to hear from Sarah Thomas in a couple of minutes and how she worked her way up, you know, through the collegiate ranks. And, and, and that's, I guess, the minor leagues of football now, the SEC, especially with how good they are. You can look at that as the minor leagues of football. But the, the fact that folks are getting that opportunity now, I think is, is so u- unique because 10 years ago, 15 years ago, women weren't even getting that opportunity. And, you know, you were seeing the same recycled guys over and over again from the collegiate level to the professional level. And now you've opened that door and you've opened that door to so many new faces and so many new opportunities. And if the NBA doesn't do that, you know, 10 years ago or whatever it was, five years ago when they when they first brought in that first female official, who knows if the NFL would ever come on board. But I think the NBA has shown it doesn't matter if you're a female or a male. If you're a good official, you're a good official. If you're a bad official, you're a bad official. But if you're a good official, you're a good official. And you're going to get that respect from everybody involved. Totally agree. It's a a beautiful thing, the way things are trending. But it's not in all sports. In Major League Baseball this past November, uh, the Miami Marlins made Kim Ng the first female general manager. And that's a big step in the right direction. But as far as umpires go, there still are none. It doesn't appear from what I've read that MLB is working hard enough behind the scenes to groom female umpires and encourage them to pursue a career in it versus the previous sports mentioned. Well, they need to do a better job of that. There, there's, there's no doubt. I mean, softball is becoming bigger and bigger in the United States. And I know with my kids involved, we watch a lot of softball now on TV and the plays that are being made out there, the, 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 the way that the girls are going about the game is, is, is really, really, really cool. Man. Like if you haven't sat down and watched a collegiate softball, game you should and there's a lot of female umpires obviously in the softball world I think Major League Baseball needs to take a step forward but Major League Baseball isn't a progressive place it really really never has been I mean it's a slow moving game they're the oh we've always done it this way league out there if you're looking at the four major sports leagues baseball is the we've always done it this way league now they're starting to get a little bit more progressive in some things from you know trying new ways to move the the mound back and a pitch clock and and whatnot they're trying to get up with the times, but they've been a slow moving glacier. Hopefully they can move this process along forward because there's a lot of officials right now and umpires in major league baseball, quite honestly, the, uh, you know, the angel Hernandez's of the world, the Joe West's of the world, guys like that, that aren't very good at their job yet are still there doing their job. Why not open the doors and allow others to come in and maybe get a different experience than what we're seeing right now with some of these umpires. And to me, it makes no sense why a woman isn't capable of umpiring. 
Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me either. I mean, if you if you know the strike zone and you have a command of the strike zone and you truly have a command of the game, that's what's important in umpiring. I I actually saw a quote from Joe Torre from back in 2017 when Angel Hernandez sued Major League Baseball for discrimination and lost. And one of the big reasons why they said they never really gave him opportunities in the World Series or postseason games or promoted him to a crew chief is because he didn't have control of the games. And I think that is very, very important and if you have umpires right now that don't have control of the game why not give yourself the opportunity to find umpires who are going to have control of that game and I think that's something that's hurting baseball right now like baseball has some good stories going on we just had a no hitter you know thrown uh, you know uh, by, by John Means a couple of weeks ago we've already had three of those on the season and yet it seems like Major League Baseball always has a topic of how bad the umpires are I think it's maybe time to start exploring ways to get new umpires in there and giving more people an opportunity to be an umpire in baseball another of the big four team sports unfortunately the nhl is also without a female official to speak of yet i can't understand why if a woman can officiate a football game that a hockey game is not possible yeah, I, I think we're going to see one in the NHL soon as well, because I think that, the, like we've talked about, the doors are opening right now for these female officials. And I, I think it's big that the NHL or the NFL and the NBA already have female officials to kind of set the groundwork that it can be done. It's just now, okay, do we do we have the right plans in place to groom female officials? Are we giving them opportunities at the younger levels to, to, you know, to perfect the game, to perfect what they're doing as an official and move them up the ranks? I think the NHL, Major League Baseball, I think there needs to be I don't want to say a scholarship involved or anything like that but there needs to be a program involved where they give females the opportunity to get into these umpiring schools into these referee schools and really celebrate the accomplishments of those folks I agree with you that things should be done behind the scenes to encourage females to get involved in these careers with the with the outcome being able to, if you're good, doing it at the highest level. Yeah, I, I think absolutely. I think everybody should get an opportunity. Like, like they should be able to go through the umpiring schools, the refereeing schools, along with everybody else. If they grade the highest in their class, then they get the opportunity to be promoted. That's what we're looking for. And I think right now in sports, you know, we see a lot of officials that just aren't cutting it. And, and I think some new blood, some fresh faces, and a different perspective on ways to do things would be good for all sports. You're listening to Food for Thought, deep diving the issues surrounding the world of sports. I'm Evan Makovsky, along with Bob Fesco. In this episode, we're discussing women breaking ground in the world of sports, especially when it comes to officiating. To me, Bob, it makes sense that the NBA would lead the pack as women play collegiate hoops, and there is a WNBA. But again, I don't know what baseball and hockey's excuse is. When the NFL is staffing females, women play, as you mentioned, in college, uh, softball and hockey in this country and professionally in other countries. It, it, to me, it's a, it's a mark on both Major League Baseball and the National Hockey League that they haven't found one female official. I, do, I don't know what the excuse is. Well, I, I, don't, I don't think there's an excuse anymore. I think it's just being willing to take that chance and take that opportunity. And, you know, with some of the leadership now in, in, in professional sports, I know, you know, Rob Manford gets a lot of criticism for the way that he's leading Major League Baseball and Gary Bettman gets a lot of criticism for the way that he's leading the National Hockey League. But the one thing I'll say about, you know, Bob Manfred, the commissioner of Major League Baseball right now, is that 
he is really trying to go out there and do things differently. I know a lot of the baseball purists don't like it and don't like the way that he's doing things. But but Rob Manfred right now is an advocate for change in baseball. And while some of the things he's doing ticks off a lot of the folks that are in the game and like, come on, man, what are you focusing on right now? I think he's the perfect guy in charge if Major League Baseball is going to give an opportunity to a female umpire. I think he is the perfect commissioner right now for that because he is willing to do different things and think outside the box and try to make the game better. Well, to me, one thing non-sports related that could possibly trickle down is with the first female vice president in Kamala Harris, the more op- that more opportunities are going to open up for women in all four of the sports and period. Well, it really goes to show you that as a female now, you can do anything, and especially in this country. And I think it's, again, from the standpoint of a father with two daughters, it shows them, man, if you work hard, you put your mind to it, there are no barriers anymore. You can knock down all these barriers. And if, if somebody wants to be the first female umpire in Major League Baseball or the first female official in the National Hockey League, the precedent has been set. It's there in other sports, but it's also there in one of the top offices in the land. It doesn't matter anymore. There are so many opportunities that weren't there 20 years ago for female and like I said, being a dad of two daughters, I think that 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 is awesome. The, the sky's the limit for them. Well, if your daughters pursue uh, umpiring or refereeing, I hope actually that they are not the first, at least as it comes when it comes to baseball and hockey, because they are too young. We need this to happen sooner. Yeah, absolutely. But if you know what, if, if time goes on and we don't see it and they are the first, I think it'd be pretty cool to be the dad of the first female umpire in Major League Baseball. <laughs> Amen. When we come back, as mentioned, Sarah Thomas, college football's first female official, the NFL's first female official, and the first female official to officiate a Super Bowl this past year in Tampa, will join Bob Fesco and myself, Evan Makovsky, right here on Food for Thought. And it's our pleasure to welcome Sarah Thomas to the program. She is a true trailblazer in every sense of the word, groundbreaker. She's the first college football female official in history. She's the first full-time official in the NFL when she started in 2015. She's the first NFL female official to officiate an NFL playoff game in 2019 when the LA Chargers played at the Patriots. And she's the first female official to officiate a Super Bowl this past year in Tampa when the Chiefs played the Buccaneers. Sarah, let's start with the Super Bowl. What a thrill to break ground. Can you just tell us what that experience was like for you? Hey, Evan, Bob, it's, it's my pleasure to be on this podcast. And uh, when it came to the Super Bowl, I'm going to tell you, everybody that's sitting at home and fans and my family and friends, I mean, ecstatic. You know, it's the Super Bowl, right? When I got the call that I was chosen to be the down judge in the Super Bowl in Tampa, I was too ecstatic. But then when you hang up the phone after getting the news and you have that celebration with your closest friends and family, Everybody looked at me the next day that knew me and they were like, you seem so somber. And the thing is, is that I know I've got a job to do. It's just kind of like when I was playing sports, you get to the national championship and you can't truly celebrate until the job is done. And that's the same approach I had going into the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl to me was just another game. Now, when it was over And the confetti was coming down. And my mentors told me that had been there before. They said, don't run off the field, Sarah. That's when you take it all in. 
And I did. The confetti's coming down. I even took a little bit of the turf off the field to keep for myself and uh, then was able to get my kids and uh, my family down on the field to take some pictures. And it was just a, a great moment. Well, what was the moment for you where you had kind of that epiphany, like, you know what I want to do? I want to officiate football at the Division One level and maybe at the NFL level. How did you get to where you are today? Bob, I don't know if I ever said that because I hated the officials when I played, and I know they probably hated me when I played. But I, I got into officiating, and the world of officiating is you don't arrive at the D1 level. You don't arrive in the NFL without have starting first at the grassroots level like any job that you do. But I had been kicked out of a men's basketball league that I'd been playing in for three years. And I just was for the first time sportsless. And so I was on the phone with my brother and I was like, hey, what are you doing this evening? This is probably a couple of months after I had been removed from the league. And and he said, I'm going to a football officials meeting. And I'm thinking, if my brother can do this, I know I can. So I said, can girls do that? And he said, I guess so, sis, be there at six. So I started out doing your high school, peewees, junior, junior highs, all that. And 10 years in, my crew chief on my high school crew asked me to be, you know, his, his line judge at the junior college level. Well, I was going to, you know, apply for it. But then he told me, he said, hey, don't apply. And I said, why? You don't want me on your crew anymore? And he goes, no. The assignment secretary said he would never hire you because you're a woman. Well, my kids were getting a little older. And I told the guys, I was like, look, this is going to be my last year. Bridley, who's 20 now, he was six at the time. And I said, I need to be at home. And so I, um, I just, I was just sitting there going, all right, I need to just stop officiating, stay at home. And what I thought was my last game, there was a NFL scout there, a scouting officials. That's when I got the call from him that said, I think you've got what it takes to go to the next level. Well, when I got into division one conference USA, that's when people started chattering about the NFL. And I'm like going, you gotta be kidding me. I hadn't even worked it down in, in college yet. But as you see the progression, and I just learned real quick, don't ever get too far ahead of yourself. Just enjoy the moment that you're doing. And in the world of officiating, if you start thinking about the last play uh, or the next season, you're in trouble. You just got to be the best that you can be at the position you're working for that game. I was waiting for you to say when he said, you know, he'd never hire you because you were a female. I thought you were going to be like, all right, it's game on time now. Okay, you don't want to hire me? (laughs) I'm going to show you why you need to hire me. Bob, you know, there's, I, I had that mentality for a long time, but I have learned through this journey that I cannot go through life trying to prove people wrong. I just have to prove that I belong where I am. And if they see my work ethic, my merit, then they'll start respecting me for that, or they'll just fall by the wayside. I've just had to learn that I can't do that. That list of people is never going to end, Bob. There's always going to be someone out there saying you can't or you shouldn't. And I just, I don't even entertain it. Sarah, you've alluded to this. You played two sports, basketball and softball at the University of Mobile. You were a dominant all-time basketball player there. You grew up with two brothers who played football. So sports has been a major part of your life. You graduated with a communications degree was communications something you even pursued for a second what happened after graduation yeah so after graduation of course I had my degree and I was wanting to go into broadcast journalism but again you can't be your Aaron Andrews of the world and just start there and of course that's what I was thinking I could do but then I was the sports editor for our our college um, paper and I learned real quick This is not something I want to do. I don't want to have to go watch a game and then meet a deadline to get it out the next day. I do want to sleep at some point. So 
I guess I took the easy road. I had been working in a law firm for the summers and they hired me to come in and be a legal assistant. And so just straight out of college, I went the legal route. Um, so yeah, I, I just went that way. Here I am using my communications degree, being a public speaker and, and getting to share my stories with guys like you. So how then did that weave from the law firm into any sort of officiating? So when I was working at the law firm is when I was also playing in that men's league and I got kicked out. And so I would work my eight to five job. But if I knew I had a peewee game or a junior high game, I would work through my lunch and take my lunch hour at four, dress in my car on the way to the game and work my peewee game. And uh, the Saturdays, my Friday nights and Saturdays were um, tied up into it. But I don't know that it, it, it correlated with each other. It was just the same time. I like had two jobs going on. I think you also saw the salaries of media people when I'm doing that for the rest of my life. <laughs> you know, what's funny is I always said to my dad, my mom and dad were both public um, educators, school teachers. And I was like, I want to be a school teacher. And my daddy said, you will not become a school teacher because you will want to um, do something more with your life as far as uh, salary wise. Yeah, no question about it. Sarah, I, I think what's really cool is kind of the behind the scenes story with Sean Payton. And, and I, I don't want to use the term Sean Payton discovered you at the NFL level, but there you are down in Jackson, Mississippi. You got training camp there. I'm sure there's tons of fans and the Saints are there and you're you're out there on the field. You're working training camp with the New Orleans Saints. So how how big of an influence and advocate beneficial was, was Sean Payton and getting you to where you are today? You know what, Bob, I would tell you, it is always good to have any coach at the NFL level be an advocate for you. And the supervisors and the trainers that were coming to those camps, and yes, I'm very, I was blessed that the Saints were here in Jackson at the time, but those, those supervisors and trainers, they're the ones that really would um, ask the questions of your coaches and the staff and maybe even the players about, well, what do you think about this? And um, him being an advocate for me definitely uh, didn't hurt me, if you will, but I still had to do the job. But when you're in any profession, you definitely want the the thought leaders and the ones that are at the, the top to be behind you and not opposed of you being there. Sarah, in 2017, you were assigned the position of head linesman in the NFL. Coinciding with that, the NFL changed the name to a gender neutral position from headlinesman to down judge. What was that experience like for you as it was clearly the right thing to do as headlinesman implies a man is doing the job? But this is kind of a big deal. You know, can you take us inside your experience? Yeah, Evan, you know, it never crossed my mind, honestly, because that's the world I lived in forever, that I would be a headlinesman. And the NFL, I guess the more and more that gender barriers are broken, then they are going to say, hey, we need to make these things gender neutral. And they did that. And I jokingly say um, it doesn't matter what initials are on my back, headlinesman, down judge, line judge, or my digits as far as 53. Um, I've got to do the job because I've been called a lot worse than a headlinesman. So it's just one of those things that I understand I'm joking about that, but I understand the impact that it means that the NFL is definitely putting their their money where their mouth is and trying to make things gender neutral. They're making things gender neutral because there are more and more and more women that are getting involved in your male dominated executive roles, clubs and in the officiating world. And it's just 
a privilege to be a part of it with all these other women. What was the reaction like from your male colleagues in the, in the college level, the NFL level, when you first kind of started your career, did you face resistance? And if so, how did you battle through that? Bob? Yes, of course. I mean, I would be, I would be lying if I sat here and said I didn't, but it's not because, Oh, it's just a bunch of men. I mean, there, there can be a group of women that you walk into and there's resistance. So I just know at the end of the day, I'm the one that has to look at myself in the mirror. And if there's someone, I've learned this, male or female, if someone is not open to something new, um, it's their issue. And I try to tell my children and raise my children that you have to embrace change. And the, and the ones that embrace change, they will, success, they will be more successful and sooner than the other. Sarah, without getting into naming names or anything, but can you outline, you said you did face resistance and probably that's gone now, I would assume, but uh, can you even give any examples of the kind of resistance you faced? Um, It never was. It it would be um, just certain things like, hey, you don't need to talk to so-and-so and and I, I'd, I'd just be like, all right, well, um, I, I'm not going to be rude to anybody. But then the next day, that person would be talking to so-and-so. So it was kind of like, uh, what, what's good for the goose? It's good for the gander. It, it just it didn't apply there. But I just I learned that um, I've got to do this on my merit, surround myself with the people that did want me there, as opposed to the people I knew, their, their body language and just... Um, I can just thank the good Lord for the gift of discernment. And I just don't let those things get to me, Evan. I just don't. Sarah, Maya Chaka was just hired as the NFL's first black female official and the second full-time female official for the upcoming 2021 season. Uh, What are your thoughts? Have you met Maya, please? Yes, Evan. I know Maya. Maya and I have worked together. We worked together in Conference USA. Maya and I have a very respectful uh, friendship relationship. She calls me and talks to me about various things. I'll check in on her from time to time. And the great thing is, you know, Maya has the same mindset that she knows she's got to do a job. And um, it's an honor for her to be on the field with all of us. It was an honor to work with her. I worked with her two games in Conference USA. And I'm, I'm that way towards all of the females that are aspiring to become better at whatever conference or level that they're, they're working in at the current time. And there are some females that are in the developmental program, but having Maya on staff it is just, when I work the Super Bowl, this is the kind of relationship. She sent me a text and said, respect. And then when she got hired in the NFL, I said, congratulations, welcome to the NFL. There's no fluff around it. We know that there's a job to do. What, what is it like on, on a typical Sunday for you as, as official, not just as a female official, but I'm at games, fans are at games. We know what it's like. We're out in the parking lot having fun and doing all that. What's a typical Sunday like oh. for an NFL ref or really a weekend for an NFL ref? Yeah, Bob, it's, it's uh, nonstop. So if I can get out on a Friday night, I like to get out on Friday so I can um, get to uh, – the, the city and wake up in the city, kind of sleep in. But typically a Saturday morning, I wake up about 3.30 a.m., catch a flight, get to the, the city noon to one. We have a two and a half hour pregame that we do. Um, and that, that's various um, training tape, film, tests we've done, just, you know, all the, the ground rules, if you will, for the upcoming, the next day. And then Sunday morning, wake up, we have a devotional, we have breakfast. 
And then we're wheels up to the stadium about three hours before. And during that three hours, it's jam-packed. I mean, we've got responsibilities that we have to do. We're on the field 50 minutes before kickoff. I'm with the chain crew uh, the last few years, which I love. So I go over a lot of things with them. We get the game kicked off three hours, hopefully it is. And once we get on the bus, we go straight to the airport. We, we fill in our, you know, doing our forms. And when I get on the plane, I always get me a glass of red wine. I pop in the thumb drive that's got the game on it. And I go straight to all the plays that I called a foul on. I go straight to the plays. I wrote some things I wanted to take a note at. And then I look at the game in its entirety and, key in some information on a spreadsheet that we have and submit it and wait for the crew to generate and compile all of our comments and then go back over it, rewatch the game. I mean, it's just, it's nonstop till maybe Wednesday night, all the while, Bob juggling three kids, their schedule and my other job. Well, there's, there's so many like follow-ups I have there. First of all, like, do you ever look at a call where you made to go, Ooh, I don't like that. And the other question that I have is we're going into 2021 and this has like been a topic on my radio show. Why are we still using a chain to measure first downs? Don't we have anything more sophisticated now that we can do that with? Hey, Bob, let me tell you, that is way above my pay grade to figure <laughs> out, but I hope that they don't because I like to have a job and you know, and I know that the guys on the chains, they love to have a job too. But, um, yeah, I just I, I hope that they don't come up with that anytime soon. Was it different this year, obviously, with the the coronavirus and not having fans in the stands? And as an official, maybe you like that better because nobody's booing, right? Okay, and you know it's funny you say that. First game I worked, didn't even realize there were no fans in the stands until halftime. Going in at halftime in the tunnel, I went, "Well, this is different. There's nobody booing or shouting at us." You know, they were pumping in crowd noise, um, various places. But there is an electricity that the fans bring. But we are so laser focused on doing our job that you don't even recognize that they're there. Sarah, today there are a total of five full-time women NBA referees. It's an all-time league high. 24 of the G League's 57 referees are women, plus several who jump between the NBA and the G League. 15 of the WNBA's 33 referees are women. Are you in touch with any of these NBA officials? Have you met them? Yeah, I have spoken and met um, a couple of them. And um, also whenever there's been some of the NBA officials that have had some children and, you know, they're on the road, they're on the road a lot more than we are. And so I would, someone reached out to me and asked me, you know, what do we need in the locker room for? How should we do this? How should we do that? And um, and I just helped assist in the things that a new mom would need. And it's um, that, that's that's tremendous that the NBA encourages them to bring their infant and a nanny with them on the road. So, um, yeah, I commend them. And, and it's 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 fun to sit back and watch all of this happening. Sarah, you mentioned children. What kind of initiatives have you been involved in either currently or in the past to help women follow in your footsteps as truly a groundbreaker and trailblazer? I love being a part of the Boys and Girls Club, uh, the Girl Scouts uh, of America I've, I've been a part of, and just having my own, my own kids and being around their teams or going and speaking to their teams or my, my, my daughter's school. And um, I've also coached, you know, I coached some AAU basketball and um, I officiated the little peewee leagues around here in basketball. But anytime I can get in front of anyone, not just the girls, but I'm raising two young men and their generation, they're going to have some very successful, strong women in their life. And I want them to learn that they don't have to be intimidated by them. They can actually be a partner with them and encourage them and respect them. 
You know, and it's not just with officials. Obviously, we have the first vice president of the United States as a female that go. just got elected. I mean, so we're we're talking high ranking, high powerful women. We see it, you know, from from my standpoint in Kansas City with Kathy Nelson, head of the Sports Commission, and the difference she's made here in Kansas City with with girls and 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 wonderful woman, Bob. I don't need to talk over you, but Kathy Nelson is absolutely an amazing individual. She she really is. I mean, she she's she's just a, a true rock star in in, in my world, and and I. I have two daughters. And so I experienced this firsthand. And it seems like every day there's just more and more opportunities for women, not just in the sports world, but in the world in general. I mean, it's, it's got to be kind of like rewarding for you being kind of a pioneer and all that. Bob, to have my name even included with that caliber of, of women. Um, when I see people send me things on Twitter or whatever, and it's the vice president Harris and then Sarah Thomas is like two frames behind her. Are you kidding me? It's just, it blows my mind, but it's, I have chill bumps right now. You can't see me, but um, I have my daughter and I am praying that when she gets 18, 19, 20, that whatever role life career that she wants to take, she doesn't have to ask, can girls do that? She's just going to know. And I believe that I'm raising her that she don't ask that. She just goes. Sarah, um, where do you think more progress has to be made? And obviously, we've talked about officials and Major League Baseball. The Miami Marlins just hired Kimming as the first female general manager this past offseason. But females aren't umpiring in Major League Baseball. They're not in the National Hockey League yet. Where do you think more progress still has to be made? There has to be more influence on the grassroots level. And we are trying to figure out just a way to do that, to, to make things engaging for your younger generation, your, your 16, 17, 18 year old females, that there's an opportunity to go and umpire or um, get in with hockey or how many women are playing hockey. You know, there's a ton of women that are playing hockey. We just have to do something that um, can influence them in such a positive way to say, hey, I wanna get in involved in this on a very low level and work my way up so that they have the experience that when major league baseball or hockey or the NFL or whoever, that they know that they've had the experience that not only I had, but that men have had. So how long do you think it'll be before we see you as, as a white hat in this league, you know, being the referee? Bob, you will not see that. I jokingly say I couldn't manage one man in my life, much less about eight of them. Um, so <laughs> I uh, and, and I, I really love where I am um, at the line of scrimmage. It's just that's where all the action is. And again, I know my limits and me being that type of manager over everybody. And, and I, I just I don't I don't desire to do that. Plus, I do have a little southern draw. I don't know if you notice and I don't know if the world would be able to understand me when I'm announcing on Sundays. <laughs> Sarah Thomas, we could not have ended up with a better guest for this episode. Congratulations on, on all your success, Breaking Ground, which uh, includes refereeing this past year's Super Bowl as the first female official. It's really special to Bob and I, and we appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure. And hopefully we can do this next year. Why not? Right. Why not? Exactly. Let's keep it rolling. Exactly, yeah. Sarah. And when we come back, Bob and I will wrap up this special episode. This is Food for Thought with Evan Makovsky and Bob Fesco. In this episode, we are deep diving women breaking ground in the world of sports. What a special life Sarah Thomas is living.
Yeah, it really is kind of cool. I mean, just to see how she progressed from, you know, doing the peewee league all the way up to uh, the NFL. And it really is proof that, you know, if you work hard and you try to set goals for yourself, you can go out there and accomplish anything you want. And there's really nothing that can hold you back. All right. So that's going to wrap it up for today's episode where we focused on women breaking ground in the world of sports right here on Food for Thought. I'm Evan Makovsky, along with Bob Fesco, and we'll see you on the next episode.